out there. So, so how many of you know what we're going to talk about today? All right. What? Always Jeremy. Always Jeremy. Stress. You know, guys, I had a, I had a week that I'm going to tell you. It felt like Mike parked his dump truck on my shoulders all week. He really did. I mean, it was, I mean, working late every day. We had um, customers calling, changing deadlines, and needed, everybody wanted it done by Friday, and it was just absolutely impossible to do it. And all of this is going on, and I'm trying to prepare my message. And so I had a lot of, hey, Miss Joanna, so glad to see you. Hope you're feeling better. I had a lot of, there was a lot of opportunities for me to feel the stress, all right? And understand, stress probably affects everybody in this room if we allow it, all right? I'm sure everybody in here could tell stories. I mean, I'm sure Chad, you know, sometimes maybe some equipment malfunctions. And, you know, when you've got so many yards to do in a week and you miss a day of cutting yards and you've got to bump them up, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough. I mean, that weight starts getting on your shoulders. You're talking about customers getting mad and you didn't get it done. Why aren't you, you know, why isn't it ready? I'm sure Miss Vicky back there could tell us stories about getting up. And she gets up early, folks. I'm talking about early. Getting up, chasing some cows, getting them ready to milk. You know, and I'm sure every day the cows don't cooperate, do they, Miss Vicky? They don't. And you, come on, it can be a little stressful. It can be a little tense. Amen? And everybody can probably relate to that. And, you know, when I was praying to God, I was asking God about this message and nothing that really is going to relate to the people. You know, that's where a lot of my messages go. And it's, I'm sure you've all learned so far. You know, I want you to understand the importance of Scripture, but I want you to understand how to relate that to your everyday life. Because if you just know Scripture, you know, that's just simple knowledge that you can attain. And that's important. Listen, I'm not belittling that at all. You need both. Remember, there's always a clean balance with everything. But I want you to be able to apply that scripture in your life. Amen. So when I was praying this out, God said, well, look what's going on in your life. And I realized something, that if I did not know these fundamentals that I'm going to give you in this sermon, this week that I just had would have been really, really bad. It was that tough of a week, you know, but I knew this. I knew what I'm about to share with you, and God laid it on my heart. He said, well, let it out there. So we're going to get into this. Let's talk about stress. So I'm going to tell you a little story here. And this story is probably, we'll give this a a fictional name, and her name is Jean. If that's your name, the story's not about you, okay? It's just easier for me to tell a story when I have a name. So Jean wakes up on Tuesday morning, just an ordinary day, nothing special. Jean has two children. One's got to go to daycare, one's got to go to middle school. And so Jean wakes up, she sits on the side of her bed, oh, she stretches a little bit, you know, rubs her eyes, and she gets up, and she's thinking about what she's got to do for the day. And by the way, Jean wakes up a little bit late, probably like a lot of us, you know. So she's a little pushed for time. So Jean gets up, and she makes her way to the bathroom. Bam! She kicks that pinky toe right on the corner table. Come on, you know which one I'm talking about? The one that really hurts, you know? She kicks that toe, and now Jean's about to scream. And Jean's probably about to say some choice words, but we won't discuss that part of Jean's story. But Jean just presses in, and she's wanting to cry. So she gets on in the shower. And Jean, <coughs> excuse me. And Jean gets in the shower. She jumps in. She's pressing in, broke toe, and she's not feeling well. How I many you know Jean's day hasn't started out very well, has it? She gets in the shower. She's got the hot water just like she likes, and she's washing her hair. About that time, her kids decide to get up and get in the other bathroom and get their shower. Now they're stealing her hot water, and now her whole shower is blown. 
So she lost all that, all right? And she's like, okay, I'm just pressing on. I'm going on because what do you do? You have to live life and you just have to go on. Jean gets to the kitchen, all right? She's all ready for her cup of coffee, as most of us are. Guess what? Boom, there's no coffee. Jean's day is just getting worse. She's like, well, forget it. I'll just stop at McDonald's, Starbucks on the way. I just, I got to get the kids. I got to get to work. I got to press in, press on, press on, press on. So she's yelling at the kids. So this time it's getting a little later. Get your shoes on. Get your backpack. Get to the car. Come on. Get, 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 get. Some of you are relating to some of this. So she gets the kids in the car. She gets to daycare the first stop. Well, she's got to get Junior out of the seat. And about that time, he gets Junior out and looks down. Junior's got one shoe on. She's like, oh, my gosh. Where's the shoe? Where's the shoe? Where's the shoe? No shoe. She can't find the shoe. All right. So so Junior's just going to hop around on one foot for the rest of the day. So she passes him on because Mom's not going home for one shoe. All right. So her day continues to fall. Continues to fall. She goes on. She drops her next teenager off to middle school. And about the time when they pull up to the drop zone, he leans up. Oh, Mom, I forgot my backpack. It has my laptop and books in it. Ugh. Jean's day just got really bad. All right? She drops her son off. She goes home, picks up, her, picks the backpack up, and goes back to the school. At this point, she has to take it to the office and leave it. And now the lady's standing there looking at her like she's the parent of the year, you know. So she drops it off. And now she's, she's very close to being late for work, all right? She's got like seven minutes to get to work. So she jumps on the interstate because that's going to be the fastest way. She's sure of it. She comes down the ramp and she gets right on them. Bam, she's right behind an 18-wheeler doing 62 miles per hour. And she's like, no, no, you're kidding me. So she hits the left lane. Well, guess what? There's one doing 62 and a half miles per hour trying to pass this one. So she's going nowhere. Jean's just like, ah. So she finally gets to work. She presses on, presses on, presses on. What do you do? You got to press on. She gets to work. She's late. The boss has given her that look, you know, and she's just like, Goes on in her office and does her thing. She goes on in, spends the day, her, her friend next to her sick, coughing all over all day long. Her computer crashes ten times and she's just hanging in there, hanging in there, hanging in there, you know. Her day is just not very good, is it? But she keeps pressing on, pressing on. She makes it to the end of her day, end of her work day. She's on her way home and her spouse very politely says, Honey, I'll get the kids. You just, you just, you just get home. She's like, Yeah. I can relax. A nice drive home. She gets in the car, gets about three miles from work. Bam! Left front tire blows out in her car. So Jean decides to tackle this herself. She jumps out and she jacks it up. and It's all she can do to get the lug nuts loose. And she gets the tire off and goes to put the other tire on. And about that time, it starts to rain. (laughs) So now Jean is putting a tire on. She's soaking wet and she's really had a bad day. And she just, she gets it on and she finally gets home. And her husband, her spouse is like, where have you been? Point group starts in 20 minutes. What are we going to do? And Jean's like, oh, I forgot about that. So now Jean's trying to get everything prepared, everything fixed, so she can put a smile on her face for two and a half hours for those perfect church people so she can sit there and wonder, why wow, their lives are so perfect and her life is so crazy. Come on, some of y'all are relating there. But she just presses on, presses on. Bad day. I would say she's having a bad day. So finally, point group's over and everybody goes home and and Jean's like, she's looking at the dishes. Her kids have gone to bed, probably all dressed, and didn't take a shower. And she's just, she's done. She's had it. She says, forget it. I'll deal with the dishes tomorrow. I'm going to bed. And so she goes and gets ready and snuggles up in her bed. And about that time, a little creature comes creeping in her room. And she's like, what? 
as her son. Mom, I forgot to tell you, I had a science project and it's due tomorrow. <laughs> How many think Jean is about to shoot herself in the head? Come on, let's be real. <laughs> she had a bad day. And look, how many of you have ever had days similar to this? And for some, yeah, Mike's only one raising hand. I know what you mean, man. Some of you, for some of you, this may be an everyday experience. If it is, I want you to meet with me next week because we need to talk about some lifestyle changes for you. Amen. That's not, that's not where we want you to be. Amen. But look, the point of the story is we have bad days, okay? We, have, we live in a fallen world, okay? And, uh, and, and so you're going to have the opportunities to deal with stress. But always remember, stress is a choice. All right? And I understand this is very, and you're saying, all of you are saying, oh, Pastor, you don't know where I work. Well, you don't know where I work. So, all right? It goes both ways. <laughs> but stress it is, it truly is a choice because when you have chose to live for Jesus Christ, all right, you have chosen to simply put your trust in him to live and work through you as you walk out situations in your life. Amen? So if you're, in a nutshell, if you're fully trusting God, you're fully trusting God, then you're not allowing that stress and that weight to come on you. Amen? All right. So, one biggest mistake that I think everybody makes is we allow ourselves to be overstressed. All right? What does that mean? We allow stress to come into our lives to control our actions, to control our emotions, and worse yet, to control our reactions. All right? Let me say that again. When we allow ourselves to become overstressed, we allow stress to come on in our life and allow it controls our actions, our emotions, and worst, our reactions. Come on. How many of you have offended somebody that did not deserve it just because you had a bad day? You were stressed. All right, you don't know how much stress I had to deal with today. Let me tell you something. That's not an excuse. That's not an excuse to go misuse or abuse your family, your children, your coworkers, your friends. It's not an excuse. And too many times in today's culture, everybody blames everything on the fact that I just have to deal with stress. I have to deal with stress. It's just a part of life. I have to deal with it. The fact is, it is a part of life. All right? That circumstances are going to come against you. But what you do with those circumstances, all right, is what's going to dictate your future. Amen? So let's talk about stress. If you leave stress unattended in your life, stress will kill you. Just that simple. How many times have you gone to the doctor and he tell you, you're just, well, I can't, I can't understand all your ailments, but you're just under too much stress. Amen. And you tell your, 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 your parents... You tell your kids, oh, don't bother dad, he had a stressful day. Don't bother mom, she had a bad day, she'll get over it. Come on, that's not what we, that's not, don't fall into that. Don't learn, it's a choice. It's a choice, okay? And now let's categorize stress. There's parenting stress, work stress, school stress, relational stress, political stress, travel stress, financial stress. And listen, if you name it, you can be stressed by it if you choose to. Amen? It's a choice. It's a choice. Everything in your life is a choice. And I, want, and I pray that you make the right choices. Amen? So I want to share with you some simple causes of stress. All right? Since I studied this out, I was, I was looking just some... And there's more, but these are some of the main ones. Uh, death of a loved one. That's understood. Confrontations. 
if you're not confrontational, marriage, deadlines, legal problems, job loss, or maybe a new job. All of this creates stress in your life if you allow it. All right? Divorce, retirement, money problems, no money, or maybe too much money. How many of you know you can? If you've got too much money, you, there's the pressure of figuring out what to do with that money so you don't lose it. Amen? There's the stress. There's pressures. Pressures of life. All right? Parenting, of course. You have as many kids as I do. We've been down that road. Expectations of others. How many of you have just gave yourselves knots in your stomach because you were concerned about what people thought about you? Huh? About, or, or what people were, what you thought, how people viewed how you dealt with the situation. Listen, or you, maybe you're sitting there going, no, I'm goofy and weird, and they think I'm goofy and weird. How do I change so they don't think I'm goofy and weird? Come on, don't fall into that. Don't do it. And lastly, and this one is a whole other sermon, and that's unresolved sin. All right? And we, and, and this, but one thing I want you to see is the sad truth about all of this. Everything that I just talked about, all of that, all right, it's not going away. It's, not, it's a simple fact of life. All right? It's there. It's, these are things that we're just going to have to, do, to live with. Look, knowing God, when you accepted Christ, doesn't make all of this stuff go away. God never said that there will not be trials to come. But what did he tell you? He told us and he promised us that he gave us his word. He gave us his son to live in us so that we can have the victory and learn to live and to rise above all the circumstances and the stress in the world. Amen. Amen. What is going on on the outside of you right now should not dictate what's going on on the inside of you. That's very important to get a hold of that. Okay? What's going on on the inside of you should be your, your nurturing that relationship with Jesus Christ. Nurturing that relationship with your Heavenly Father. All right? L- learning to live in trust and fully releasing your faith and believing in Him to work through and to bring you through every situation and circumstance in your life. Amen? And knowing confidently that He's got your back. He's got your back. Amen? He's given you the perfect peace. Okay? He's giving it to you. So I'm going to show you. How do you get the perfect peace in the middle of all the stress? But first, I want to talk about some effects of what stress does to our bodies. All right? Stress is literally becoming an epidemic in, in America. And emotional fatigue. This is what, these are things that stress causes. Drug and alcohol dependency. Come on. Let me tell you something. There is so much alcohol consumed now because people are trying to deal with the pressures of life by drinking the drink, okay? And now drinking is a whole other sermon. I'm not here to preach on that, but I want to tell you, your focus needs to be on serving and living for Christ and allowing Him to work and having, allowing Him to fill, with him, fill you with your, His joy and peace so you can live through these situations and allow Him to see you through these situations and not looking to a drug or alcohol to just give you temporary good feelings. Amen? Which is, that's what that does. All right? Loss of appetite, high blood pressure, strokes, headaches, stomach problems. Look, I can remember when you used to go to the drugstore, and the only thing you could get for a stomach problem was milk and magnesia, Pepto-Bismol, and a few antacids. But now you go in any drugstore, and there's a whole aisle from here to that wall, seriously, full of stress-related stomach ailments. All right? Stress is causing a lot of problems in a lot of people's lives. Amen? All 
All right? So it causes ulcers, insomnia, hypertensions. And listen, the solutions that we receive from, from the medical community now on this is that, what do they tell you? They tell you to, to stay away from stressful situations, stay away from stressful people, you know, do less so you live longer, relax, slow down, take a vacation. All you're doing is putting a Band-Aid on the whole thing, all right? Putting a Band-Aid on it. Drink less caffeine. I mean, that's so funny. But the bottom line is this. We do not know, effectively know how to deal with stress. But let me tell you something. We don't know in our strength how to deal with it. Amen? But God does. All right? And he has the answer. Okay? And I found a little interesting study, and I want to share these quick nuggets with you. It says, how Americans manage stress. All right? And so they asked a group of people, and listening to music, 52% said that. And that's good. Exercise, 47%. Read, 44% said they do. Watch TV, 41%. I don't know about that. That's interesting there. But look at this one. Play video games. 37% of people said they play video games to relieve stress. I'm not a gamer. I don't understand that. But pray, 37%. So now you're you got your video games and your prayer there neck and neck. Mm, I don't know about that, you know. As a pastor, i got to say that's not right. But, hey, you know, what works for you? But look at this one. This is the one that really stood out to me. Church or religious services? 21% said they would do that. All right, but look at this. Drink alcohol. 49% choose alcohol to deal with stress. 49% choose alcohol to deal with with stress over going to church. Oh man, amen. Just a just a thought. So let's look at John sixteen thirty three. This is Jesus here, and he's talking to his disciples here, right right before the Last Supper, and he's talking with them about what's all the terrible things that are about to happen. All right, and he says right here in verse thirty three, he says, "I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world." What's he telling them there? He's telling them that their lives are going to be super stressful. It's going to be tough, guys. Sometimes it's going to be tough. Sometimes it's going to be hard. But he was also telling them, look, you stay in me. You stay with me. All right, you stay with me and you will rise above. Through me, you will rise above all of the stresses of the world. Amen? Psalms thirty-four nineteen says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So how do we go about rising above stress. How do you go about it? Well, I'm going to give you, you know me, I've got a list. (laughs) I'm going to give you five ways. And listen, if you will implement these in your life, which I did this a long time ago. All right. So I'm going to give you five things. And we're going to look at Philippians. And we're going to look at Paul here. And we're going to see what he did. And you know, right here in Philippians, Paul is about to be executed. All right. So he's in a pretty, would you think, stressful situation? I would think so. Come on. I mean, really? I can't imagine anything that could be even any more other than maybe one of your children. All right? But let's look at what he said. Look at Philippians 4, 6. And I only want to look at the first half, and it's short. And it says this. Do not worry about anything. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm, sorry. So number one, do not worry. 
Do not worry about tomorrow. Listen, no matter what comes across your path, no matter what the enemy throws at you, or no matter what the world just throws at you, because we live in a simple fallen world. Look, not everything comes from the enemy. It's just the fact that we live in a sin-filled world. Whatever comes across your path, no matter what it is, don't worry about it, okay? Don't worry about it. You've got to learn that you... Now listen, don't misunderstand me and say, well, pastor said don't... Just pretend like the problem's not there. Absolutely not. You do everything, first you pray, then you do everything within your natural power to fix it and take care of it, and then you got to let go of it and let God handle the rest and sit back, release your faith, stand and be confident and trust your Heavenly Father is going to see you through the situation. Amen? And He will. He will. And so, I mean, and, and think about what is worry anyway? All right? Worry is when you, when you, Take the situation or circumstance and you go play it over and over and over in your mind. Come on. Sometimes hours, sometimes days. Come on. I think we've all done this a time or two. All right? And, and listen, that's the opposite of trusting God. That is the opposite of trusting God. When you essentially do that, you're saying, well, God, I love you, man. I know you. Thank you for what you did, sending your son for dying for you. I, you know, I thank you. I know you're there. But look, I don't think you can fix this. Let me think on this for a while. Let me think on this for two or three days. Let me put this pressure and this pain on me. But I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I know you can't fix it. I got this. Come on. That's not the way we need to do it. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Amen. All right. Let's look at verse 6, the second half. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So number two, pray about everything. Pray about everything, folks. Everything. How many times has the world been falling apart around you? Or you're having a day like Gene where every, nothing seems to go right. All right? How many times, instead of just going on and plugging in and going on, did you ever just stop Take a minute. Go to a quiet room. Pull your car over to the side of the road and just say, Father, I, you know, and start praying. Start confessing the promises of God. Start speaking that positively over your life. Confessing those promises over your situation. Rebuking the devil in your life. And asking God, what do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? Which way do I need to go to change this situation? Amen. Stop and pray first. All right? Remember, too many times we go to God too late. If you go to Him first, listen, He's going to lead you to wherever and whatever resource you need. Whether that be somebody else, whether that be a book, whether that be a song to hear, whatever it may be, God will lead you there, but you go to Him first, then follow His leading to whatever it is to walk this and work this situation out in your life. Amen? Learn to pray first. All right? So let's look at verse 8. Verse 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. All right, so number three, think right. Think right. All right, everybody say stinking thinking. All right, we're in Alabama. We can get away with that. Stinking thinking. That's right. I want you to get it out of there. All right, get it out of there. Okay? Too often we sit, whenever we're going through situations, and we sit, and we're at home, and we're just thinking, oh, how's this going to affect me? Oh, this is going to be painful. I'm going to lose this money. I'm going to lose this car. I'm going to lose my job. My kids, how are my kids going to get to college in 20 years? And 
you're dwelling on the problem, okay? You're, you're stinking thinking, all right? No, you need to turn it around, and you need to think on the positive in every situation. You need to learn to go to God, pray about it, and then release it, and stand in faith and know that He's got your back, and He's going to see you through it. When you sit there, and you continue to dwell on that problem, what you're doing is you're magnifying that problem in your life. And when you magnify a problem in your life, essentially you're giving the glory to the devil. That's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're telling everybody about what the dead devil is successfully doing in your life. And that could, we don't need to be doing that. Don't bring glory to him. Bring glory to God and be speaking the answer, speaking the solution over your life. And stand in faith when you don't see that solution yet. Know that it's coming. Know that God's got your back. Know that he's going to see you through Everything. Amen? And also, when, uh, as far as thinking goes, it's a choice. Okay? It's a choice. You've got to con- be consistent and choose to think on the positive in every situation. Okay? And that's not always easy. And look, and I'm just going to touch on this a little bit. Be very careful about what kind of music or even what kind of TV you're allowing yourself to feed on, because essentially that's what you're doing. Now look, I'm not up here to condemn what you're doing all in your personal lives. That's between you and God. But listen, some of the things people talk about that they're binge-watching on Netflix are so full of demons and death and destruction. And these are Christian folks. They're allowing that self to come in, and their spirit feeds on that. All right. So be very, be very careful, even when you're listening to music. All right? Be careful what those lyrics are because your spirit is, he- is hearing that. Even whether you're conscious of it or not, it's, it's coming in. You're allowing it in. Amen? Be very careful on that. Very, very careful. And it's a choice. Choose the positive route. Amen? So, let's look at 11, verses 11 and 12. And it says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So number four, be content. Paul learned that it's not the circumstances around you that bring you your true happiness. Okay? Now, I understand your circumstances affect it, of course. All right, but that's temporary. All right, and don't be a person that's looking for stuff or things around you to bring you happiness. Listen, if you're that person that thinks I got to have a new car, I got to have a bigger house, I got to have another boat. Well, I got one motorcycle, I need another motorcycle. I got to have some shoes. I've only got fifty pair, I need a hundred pair. Come on, if that's you, you're sadly mistaken. You're going down the wrong path because those natural. Things in the natural are only going to give you temporary happiness. Amen? Temporary happiness. Now look, that doesn't mean that we go around living on half broke street and barely get by and we just live a poor, pitiful, mediocre life. No, God wants you blessed beyond measure. Okay? But it requires a process. When you choose to accept Christ and you choose to walk out the will of God in your life, will you start... You start by tithing, by sowing into his kingdom. And then what you do, by doing that, you give him a room. You give him an opportunity where he can pour out a blessing on you. And then your blessing starts to come. And he starts to lift you up. And if he starts to bless you to where you get ten, two, three, four cars, 
Glory to God. As long as you're continuing to blow, to sow into the kingdom, to expand the kingdom, listen, He can do so much more with you when you're fully blessed than when if you're half broke. We have to get a revelation of that. He doesn't want you walking around just barely getting by. Amen? He wants nothing but the best for you. You are a son and daughter of Him. I mean, well, you want nothing but the best for your kids. Amen? Why would He be any different? It's not. It's not. So stuff's not going to buy you happiness. And you know, and sometimes we just got to be content where we are and we just got to be able to say, God, you're all I need. You're all I need. You got to be able to raise your hands and let the world fall around you and just say, God, you're all I need. And still have that peace and that joy. Amen? We, we sang that Wednesday night at Dive. It was so great. So great. You got to learn to be content where you are. Be happy where you are. All right? And just say, God, you're it. You're all I need. You give me my happiness. Amen? All right, let's look at verse 13. And everybody has probably quoted this scripture at one time or another. It says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And then verse 19 says, And God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So number five, trust God. All right, now this is where everybody has the heart. Not everybody. A lot of people have the hardest time, all right? It's the point where you're going through a situation, all right, and you're dealing with it with your own strength, and you're getting there, and you're getting here, and finally you run out of steam, and you're out. You've got nothing else to throw at this, and you, but you still got your hands in there and in control. But you have to get to the point where you've got to let it go. In other words, you take your control out and fully give it to God and allow Him to finish it for you. Amen? And this is where people can't. Because, you know, we're in a perfect nation that we can do everything. We have all the resources. We have all the power. And I can figure this out. I can fix this. No, at some point, you've got to let it go. Stand in faith and fully trust your Heavenly Father. And know that He's going to see you through this. And He will. He will. And, un- you know, understand, if you lack trust in God, you lack faith in God. Amen. They go hand in hand. Hand in hand. Just think about Paul. I mean, how much trust did he have? Glory to God, he was about to die. What did he say? He says, well, to live is Christ, to die is gain. You ever thought about that? I mean, if you kill a Christian, let's just be real. You kill, where does he go? Goes to heaven. Now, who's really sad about all that? Of course, that's all the family and friends right around here. But they're not doing too bad. You know, you think about it. Just being real. Amen. But listen, if you learn to trust Him, truly trust Him, stand in faith, all right, any, nothing that the devil throws against you will stick. Nothing. Nothing. Amen? And know this, that trust is complete confidence in something. All right? And you can only gain that. All right? You can only gain that by spending time. So in other words, if you're trying to gain trust, or trying to... Trying, trying to learn and develop your trust with God, you've got to spend some time with Him. And that goes back to what I say all the time about your relationship. All right? You've got to have that relationship. You've got to cultivate that relationship. You've got to do a little work and develop that relationship. All right? Because without that relationship, you're not going to know His voice. And if you don't know His voice, you don't know how to walk out the will of God for your life. Amen? So, spend some time with your Heavenly Father. So, really quick, 
I'm going to tell you some practical applications that you can follow. If you'll take these five, those five, those five fundamentals, and you start implementing those in your life, it sounds so simple, but if you do it, it'll change your life. Amen? But I'm going to give you eight practical things that you can do. And, it, and these will allow stress to not gain a stronghold in your life. All right? Number one, admit you're stressed. Okay? Don't be a know-it-all that can fix everything. Everybody at some point has to breathe and say, I can't do this. I need some help. Listen, I don't care how smart you are. All right? And there's a lot of people in here with a lot of intelligence. Okay? At some point, you're going to need some help. So you stop, breathe, admit you're stressed, and then you start taking the steps to rise above it. Okay? So number two, I want you to make a list. All right? Why make a list? Because if you put it in front of you, you can see it. You'll be surprised at what you'll look at. All right? Make a list of all of the activities that you're involved in. Make a list of everything, the time that you spend at work, the time that you spend on your weekends. What are you doing with your time? Get all that down there is where you can see it. Okay? And And we then learn to budget your time. Okay? So number three, I want you to prioritize that list because you'll be surprised how much of that you'll be like, wow, I can chunk that out. I can get rid of that. Because listen, when you stretch yourself out, how many of you know the, the further you stretch yourself, that weight is just coming down on you. It's just coming down. It's trying to crush you. All right? And, that, and, nobody, you, and when you get down here, it's so hard to get back up here. And, but when you do, it's just like, it's like a load of bricks came off your shoulders. Amen? So prioritize your list. Number four, and this is one I have a hard time with. Practice saying no. Okay? I love everybody. I'm a people person. I'm a people pleaser. I want to do everything I can to make your day happy, to make you happy, make you have the best day of your life. And if it means that I have to constantly say yes, well, sometimes I constantly say yes. And what ends up happening is ends up I get, start getting pressed down because I'm stretching myself too thin. So I have to work on this. Learn to say no, okay? Learn to say no. Don't overcommit yourself. A lot of people do that nowadays. And listen, it's better to do smaller things and be more excellent at it than it is to stretch yourself so thin that you're just barely getting by, all right, and not doing near as good a job at it. Amen? So, number five, think about the use, how you use your time, all right? If you're a procrastinator stop. If you've been given two weeks to do a job and you decide, well, I'm going to take the first week off, <clears throat> excuse me, the first week off and then I'll finish it the next week. Well, now you get halfway in it the next week. Now you run into hiccups and then it runs into the next week and now you're really, you got a mad customer on your hands. No. When you get a job or a task or whatever it is, you get in there and you do, you go in it with an attitude that you're doing it as unto the Lord and you work hard and you work fast and you get it done to the best of your ability and you shoot for excellence in everything that you do. All right? And you just get in there and you get it done and then you kick back and relax. All right? And as you do that, you will be, you will not, you will not believe how you can get promoted within your job. And not only that, ways God will open doors for opportunities for higher paying jobs to come into your life, higher paying, allowing money to come into your life. So don't be a procrastinator. Excuse me. Number six, stop thinking and talking about the problem. Stinking thinking is out of here, okay? 
Alright? Simply put, trust God, okay? Trust God. Don't sit and talk about the problem, magnifying the problems, okay? Alright, give glory to God, not to the devil. Okay, remember now, that doesn't mean you don't act like a problem isn't there. Alright, don't misunderstand me. There's a lot of people that do that. They'll have situations come up in their life, and oh, I'm not dealing with that, I'm just praying about it. Well, no, that's not pretty smart. That's not wisdom. No, you deal with it, you take it on, and you pray about how to deal with it. Okay? Alright, number seven. Now this one, this was on Keith's heart for quite some time here. <clears throat> it says, be quick to forgive. Okay? There are two of the biggest ways to stop. Alright, are we good? Alright, two, there's two ways. Okay? Two ways to stop the blessings of God from flowing in your life. Two major, major ways. And that is unforgiveness and offense. Okay? And that's, those are sermons for another day. Don't allow those two things to operate in your life. Okay? Take control of it. Don't, don't take offense. Alright? Don't allow things to come into your life that make you offended, to make you angry, to make you want to go and do something else and get away from those people. No, you talk it out. You deal with the problem. You work, work it through. Because God's got you in wherever you are for a reason. And if the enemy can use one little thing to make you angry and run away, he's got you where he wants you. You just ran out of the will of God because you got offended over something that probably wasn't something worth offending you over. Amen? So... And forgiveness. Don't hold unforgiveness, okay? And number eight, keep, very simple, keep God first. All right? <clears throat> Place your trust and hope in God and make your relationship with Him top priority. All right? Top priority. So, that relationship's pretty important, isn't it? It is. It's very important. So listen, if you'll do the five things that I just discussed, all right, don't worry. Pray, be content where you are where you are with what you've got. All right. Allow God to grow you from there. Think positive, speak positive, confess positively over your life, and then just simply trust God and stand in faith and know that God's going to see you through anything that comes in your life. Amen. Amen. Well, glory to God. I hope you got something out of that. Because it really, it has blessed me and has changed my life in many ways. I've used those in, in many, you know, one of the biggest things I learned to deal with a long time ago when I was first went into management, and I was in restaurant management when I was uh, 18 years old, and, and that's a crazy atmosphere to be in anyway. So there's a lot of things coming at you all at once. But I learned a funny thing back then. I learned that, you know what? And, and this led to my success there. I ended up being over five stores. But I, I dealt with the problems. All right? And this was before I even knew Jesus Christ. But I dealt with the problems. But I always knew that the world wasn't going to end that if I didn't fix this problem 100% correctly. And I just learned to laugh about it. Sometimes y'all just need, you just need to learn to laugh about it. You know, when this stuff's coming at you and coming against you, until you see the victory and you get to the finish line, you just learn to smile and just learn to laugh and learn to go with it. And Because, you know, laughter is a medicine. Laughter, you know, when it, when it comes to either being sad and poor and pitiful and down in the dumps, all right, that, that right there, that'll crush you. But when you learn to laugh, and just, I know people that just laugh through every, all kinds of situations. Miss Lord is over here laughing now. 
She's either laughing at me or she's laughing about something she's doing there. But sometimes you've got to learn to let it go. Release your trust and your faith in God and learn to laugh at the situations. Amen. All right. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for everybody that has come in here, Lord. And I pray that, that they heard something specifically from you. And Lord, and I pray that they'll get a, get a hold of these, these, fun, for these fundamentals, Lord, and they'll implement them in their life. And, and they'll make a difference in their life, Lord. And I pray that as they go out, they'll learn to shine. And they'll learn to, to, uh, they'll learn to grow and learn to impact their community within their realm of influence. And Father... 